We're checking in with uh, 35th District State Representative Andrew Fink as the calendar year winds down for the legislature, the legislative year winding down as well. We've talked about some things that uh, that 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 happened and some that didn't happen for the uh, for the legislature this year. We'll uh, kind of circle back to that here in just a second. One of the things, though, that, that did wrap up just before the end of the year. The governor had been proposing this uh, commission to look at population in Michigan, growing population. A little controversy here locally over that because uh, the, the Senate leader had uh, had nominated Jonathan Lindsay, our state senator, for that uh, that position on that commission. Never got put on the commission by the governor, but they came out with some recommendations last week. First blush for you, what uh, what did you take away from uh, from those recommendations or in, maybe in some cases lack of recommendations? Hey, Kenny, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I think they could have used Senator Lindsay's help um, because they, it wound up being a 19-to-1 vote on the, this set of recommendations. Um, and uh, the criticism from the no vote, which was my colleague Pauline Wenzel, uh, represents an area a little bit uh, uh, west of of Branch County, North and West, I guess, um, was that many of the uh, of the items discussed here are similar to seemingly endless discussions in the legislature. Um, and then the, the crux is always how will these things be funded? And there's no recommendation for funding mechanisms in the report. Uh, and so Rep. Wenzel said, and, and uh, She's, she was there the whole time. I, I don't have as much uh, of a feel for how these conversations went. But she, she said essentially that, that the, the uh, Growing Michigan Together Council failed to innovate, which was allegedly the entire point, was to get new perspectives on these problems because uh, we've been stuck. And, you know, what are the problems? Well, the, the, the main thrust of this deal appears to be education and uh, the signature plan uh, is to add, you know, a couple years of, uh, of college to every uh, student's, capable, you know, what they're promised by the state. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'd say is, to the extent education is what's keeping our population from growing, and I'm not really sure it's much because we're losing our college-educated folks, I think, at more or less the same rate as everybody else. So I don't, I don't really think that that's the biggest thing here. Um, is that our education system is so so much behind other states, although we, we do have problems there. But I think where we're behind, it's early. I mean, our, you know, many, many districts are failing kids at early ages. That's why we have this controversy about the third-grade reading law, because so many kids in our state can't read in third grade, uh, whereas at schools that make it a priority um, and where there's sort of a, an overall setup for the kids to succeed, uh, you can have kids reading by the end of kindergarten, most of them. Um, almost all. So, it's, it's as I've said many times, it's it's nice to see the emphasis on the need to grow our state because our state has been shrinking relative to the population growth of the country for so long. But it is sad to see that there's just not a real attack on the on the issues that I think would make a difference. And I, we can get into those if you want. I know we've talked about yeah. it before. Well, what, what what was missing from that report then? Well, so if you it's easy to compare our state to states that are growing. Because, you know, they're, uh, the, the easiest way to look at this is go to 1980 when our state was 9.2 million people, and then go to 2020 when our state was about 9.9 million people. So less than 10% growth in those 40 years, whereas the country had grown 50% from about 225 to like 235 in the same period, uh, 225 million to 335 million. 
the states that absorbed all of that gain, they tend to be states with lower overall regulatory burden. That's a little bit of a vague category because every state's a little bit different what they regulate and how, but still that if you try to total it up, you get a lower burden in those growing states. But you definitely get lower tax rates, including corporate tax rates, and lower energy costs, including corporate energy costs. And, of course, you know, our primary concern is the way Michigan families are living. So talking about these corporate tax rates or corporate energy costs, it's not really what we want to be focused on on a day-to-day basis. But, of course, those costs are passed on to customers. And so um, the, the cost of manufacturing and, therefore, the, the wages for, for workers or the cost of goods and all, all of that is also affected by energy rates on uh, manufacturing, which is the largest consumer of energy. Our energy rates are higher, our taxes are higher, and our regulatory burden is higher than the states that are growing, you know, on average. Um, and we're, we're more like the states that are shrinking, Illinois, California, and New York. So I think if we want to be uh, aggressive about growing our population, we have to be aggressive about improving the, the environment here for people to um, produce and hire producers. Um, I do think that the education issues are a part of it. You know, I think housing is a, is a significant part of this, where it's, you, you show a, a prospective employee around your, your town and they say, where am I going to live? And in many parts of Michigan, it's a tough question to answer. So I think there are other elements here, but, but those three things, taxes, energy costs, and regulatory burden, I do think are the commonalities in the growing states. Now, what was in the report that will give marching orders for the legislature after the first of the year? Anything? Well, I mean, because the ideas here are not that different, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to say because two years of community college, that's been part of the governor's plan, I think, um, more or less the whole time she's been there. So it, it's a little tough to say. And then the other thing is, as, as I don't remember if we discussed very much here, Ken, but, you know, the House is currently 54 Republicans and 54 Democrats in terms of, uh, of who's elected to the House. And there are special elections in April that, that could, and, well, I guess they will change that one way or another, um, and uh, and so it's a little it's a little tough to say how productive the house is going to be because as as you probably have seen this past year was the most partisan year uh, in many decades um, in terms of which which bills moved and so the mode has been kind of to do things with a with a bare majority there is no majority in the house right now and so it's a little tough to project how things are going to go because it will be uh, a significant shift in mo- in uh, in mood. State Representative Andrew Fink with us this morning. You're going to be moving into your final term, your final year in the in the Michigan Legislature. Do you have your uh, your list of priorities set? Well, um, yes. I'll, I'll say it's to try to you know under these circumstances, given the the makeup of the legislature and the governorship, it's to try to make sure that issues that are unique or or particularly relevant to districts like mine are heard. Just an example, I had another meeting with uh, folks from the County Road Commission and uh, some Amish families uh, recently that's, you know, one of a series trying to address the impact of buggy traffic on our roads in, in every way, the safety of the drivers and riders, the uh, damage to the roads, uh, funding, all of that. Uh, that's something that not everybody around the state understands is, a, is an issue that affects quality of life in our district differently from other places. Um, so I want to make sure that I, I continue to be a voice for issues like that uh, in addition to, you know, fighting on the education front, fighting on the, uh, again, on these, these issues of taxes and, and overregulation and the, and the personal liberties that we've seen in some cases reduced in the last year, I think those things are all 
uh, near and dear to the heart of my district, and that's that's what I'll be trying to focus on. You'll also be juggling, obviously, quite a bit uh, this next year as you've announced your your run for the Michigan Supreme Court. When, when will you really start gearing up that, or have you really started gearing that up already? Uh, no, I think there's there is uh, the, we we've been going, and and I've been around the state uh, to quite a number of places, probably, uh, I don't know, somewhere between a dozen or, or two dozen stops uh, around the state, but that'll become, you know, closer to a daily grind in addition to the legislative job. Uh, really, as this next quarter gets started, it'll uh, it'll start to pick up. All right, so well, good luck with it. We'll uh, give you a little extra time off here with the holidays, so I think we're scheduled to get talking in about, yeah, about a month, all right? All right, thanks, Ken. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to you and the, uh, the Fink family. That is uh, State Representative Andrew Fink with us this morning.